everyone. Welcome to another episode of Slice of Healthcare. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Nurse Anna. She is an endoscopy RN blogger, burnout survivor, does a little bit of everything. Very excited to release this episode. She she also has her own blog, which we'll reference within the podcast and in the show notes, uh, called the the Burnout Book. And uh, we look forward to hopefully having her on again in the future. I want to give a, a shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is making life easier for healthcare professionals and organizations by streamlining many of the onboarding tasks that they must engage in. Be sure to check Block Health out at www.blockhealth, B-L-O-C, health.com. Without further ado, let's bring Anna on. Hi, how's it going? Good. Thank you so much for joining us on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Yeah, of course. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Just came through clear. I have to lower my volume sometimes, the way we record. Sometimes it's really loud. I don't know if it's like that on your end too, but uh, it's uh, it tends to be the case. Gotcha. It, yeah, you, your voice sounds fine on my end. Great. Yeah. Because one time I had my volume on full when we were recording the podcast and it was like someone screened my ear and my ear was ringing for the foreseeable future during the podcast. So learn my mistake. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I would love for you to start off by telling the audience a little bit about yourself um, and we can go from there. Oh, sure. Um, so my name is Anna Rodriguez and I am currently over in Salt Lake City, Utah just relocated here. Um, right before this, I was doing some travel nursing and um, grew up in Idaho. That's where most of my nursing background has been. Um, but as far as nursing goes, I've, I've been a nurse for 10 years. I started in 2008 and did the one year of med surge, like everyone suggested, um, got that knocked out. And then I went off and um, went into telemetry for a couple years. I did CVICU. I transitioned to the nurse manager of that unit, um, of that 10-bed CVICU, and then did that for two years, um, transitioned back to the bedside and did travel nursing, um, did float pool, critical care float pool for a year, and then um, now I am currently working in endoscopy doing procedure nursing, um, which is another fun you know, twist on things that I hadn't been able to experience before. Um, I've got a couple certifications for progressive care and critical care. Um, I, yeah, I I just love kind of the continuing education aspect where there's always something new you can learn. um, Once you're a nurse, there's a million different routes you can take. Now you also are into blogging as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, back in, well, it's been a year now, um, January 1st of 2018, I, I started a website and blog. It's called The Burnout Book. Um, and it was kind of a an attempt to create a community for nurses who were feeling the burn <laughs> with, uh, with the work that they were doing. Um, <clears throat> I went through my own burnout experience uh, when I was a nurse manager. And that's the reason I went back to the bedside was um, to try and manage things differently and, and get that spark back for, for nursing that I, you know, I knew it was a career I loved, but um, I definitely knew that role wasn't for me. And I was um, burning the candle at both ends and it just, yeah, a lot of things were happening. So I um, 
I went through it. I recognize that it's something, it's very taboo. It's a, it's a topic nobody really wants to talk about. If you're feeling burnout at work, some people think that, you know, you're weak, um, especially in critical care. I think we're, we're supposed to be like the hardcore, um, you know, badass nurses that, you know, just can do, can do anything. And um, honestly, like that is only the case for so long before you finally, I think, reach a point where either you find a way to manage the stress and, and take care of yourself, or it will just completely burn you out. So I, I wanted to create a way for people to communicate with each other and and realize they're not alone, but then also provide resources and um, just have that, have that space um, for, for other nurses who are going through it. What are some early signs of burnout? The, the first couple, so, so early recognition is so important. I think it's important for nursing students to figure this out and, and to be aware of it. I think it's important for, you know, an experienced nurse who's got 20 years under their belt um, to, to know these signs and, and be able to recognize it. So the first couple that typically come on are um, feeling a little more cynical, <laughs> a little jaded. Maybe you're, um, you know, having a hard time tapping into that empathetic, compassionate side. Um, you, you, you know, are looking at a patient and their issues and you're seeing it, you know, from a more like, burdensome side where um you're you're just really struggling mentally to to connect with them um so that's kind of the start of it and and I mean that describes so many of us right (laughs) I mean after a while that it's it's a coping mechanism you have to you know be able to you know disconnect and leave work at work and um yeah so so it begins that way and then a few other symptoms people start recognizing or um when when they're feeling a little more um, disconnected as far as like engagement at work, when they don't want to, you know, participate in things or be involved at a deeper level. Um, if they're noticing issues where they're dreading coming to work, if, if they're really just, you know, not like, like we all have bad days, but if you're having more bad days than good ones, that could be a red flag. Um, and then just overall, if you're feeling stressed and anxiety about the work, um, you know, all of that can be early signs. Now, what, like, what are some things that people can do to get out of that? And in your opinion, is it, does burnout occur in, I mean, obviously, you were in a specific nursing focus, but is it, it, I mean, it can happen in any, it can happen in any specialty. It can happen in any job, Mm -hmm. but it seems like healthcare, it happens more. Why do you think that is? My take on this is that healthcare professionals are at such high risk for burnout because we are in a role where part of your job expectation is to like come to work and to care about things (laughs) you you need to like kind of project that that emotional connection and and care about things in a way that can be emotionally physically mentally draining and at the end of the day you've given so much of yourself to other people that you get home 
you have a hard time connecting to family or you just need to relax and like not even you know exert yourself in any way and then sometimes you can't even give back to yourself and replenish your own energy so that you can you know keep keep on doing that um I mean that that's my my take on it how do you find time to blog be active on social media and also you have a a dog as well right I do yeah we've got a, a corgi he's almost two years old and aren't corgis high energy dogs yeah they were like bred to be herding dogs yeah he's he's got a lot of energy for sure the uh corgis they're uh super low to the ground right Mm -hmm. is that the right okay yeah the little tiny legs and yeah very low um it's snowing out here and the snow's up to his chest it's kind of adorable (laughs) and they're just they're very happy dogs right um yeah very good demeanor um we feel like we got lucky with with walter because he's just such a friendly dog he loves meeting people and other dogs um i mean he's yeah he's got a really good demeanor and i think that's kind of innate to that breed which is awesome yeah it's uh aren't they from i think they're from england right didn't they aren't they like royal yeah the queen of england loves corgis she's got like a whole herd of them um yeah so they i i want to say i don't know if it was in england or it's it's some it's a european country where they originated from they yeah were bred to herd like smaller animals like sheep and goats and then um yeah they they're they're good good friendly family dog but they do shed ah okay (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, usually one of the downsides of, mm. of any dog. <laughs> totally. Uh, well, so how do you find time with a dog uh, and and work to, to be active on social media and blog? That, that's a good question. Um, I mean, there are definitely moments where different things kind of take the priority. So obviously for me, um, when I'm at work, I'm at work. I really do try and make sure that, I mean... I, there are a lot of people who maybe approach this differently, but, um, I am very conscious of HIPAA and making sure that I'm compliant and I rarely post or interact unless it's on a break or before or after work, like during work. Um, that's something that like, it's important to me to make sure that I'm, you know, obviously there to do my job. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where each day there's a different priority. So the days I'm scheduled to work, work takes priority. And then after work, I'll, I'll, what's nice is the job I'm in now, it's um, eight-hour shifts. I do four eight-hours, four, four eight-hour days a week. And uh, so I come home and having been used to 12 hours, I'm like, loving that there's these few hours every evening that I used to not have. Um, now I, I do ha- like, I feel like I, it's a little gift. Like I have time to make dinner with my husband and then I have time to interact with, you know, people on social media. Um, I don't know. You, you kind of just, yeah, make little blocks of time and prioritize what is important for each day and each block and then focus on that. I mean, I'm, still figuring this out. Like I get distracted super easily and I get, you know, off into rabbit holes, especially online. Um, but I feel like I'm getting better at it. 
uh, it's, it's a skill that takes practice. <laughs> Do you think it's something that schools need to place more of a priority on being able to, uh, I mean, I know I, time management is key and it's going to be important in anything, but I feel like mm-hmm. schools don't necessarily make it a priority to encourage like, Hey, when you are super busy, like here's some ways to manage your time. Here's some ways to lower your stress levels. I feel like oh, yeah. it's something you have to learn on your own, right? For the most part. It's to my, yeah, everything I've kind of figured out has been either self-taught or I watch other people. I see how other people manage it. And I'm like, oh, I want to mirror what they're doing, like take them as a mentor and figure out how to put that into my own life. I, I was, yeah, never something really that was discussed in school. Um, I think that's a great idea though, because, you know, as a new nurse, especially time management is huge and it's not just at work. It's finding that work-life balance and being able to figure out like, what can I do on my days off to, optimize my energy and my recovery time so that I can go back to work as a better nurse. I think that's so important. Absolutely. What's, what are some of the ways you think we can innovate more in healthcare? I have loved seeing like a trend towards like the healthcare social media accounts that, that are popping up more and more Um, people finding a way to do um, the like free online education for medical professionals, you know, making sure that it's you know accurate information, of course, but, but a lot of people are just offering, you know, whatever their expertise is, you can go out and find it. And it's so available, which is amazing. Um, like, I love that there's professional organizations. Um, I, I'm involved with AACN, the American Association of Critical Care Nurses. And in the last year watching them and in their online social media presence expand and like reach out to members, finding ways to interact um, and connect. I I've really enjoyed watching that. Um, and then just like in general, the whole move towards telehealth, telemedicine, um, tele ICUs, all of that has been interesting to watch too. Like, and then even patients being able to, communicate with doctors online, you know, everything charts are all electronic. They can access it from home. There's like health coaches. They can consult over their computers. Like everything is shifting to be more accessible. It's, it's, it's very exciting to watch. What is your role with the AACN? Oh, so I'm a member. I'm also an ambassador and volunteer. And um, in May of 2018, last year, um, I was one of their social media influencers at the their national conference that was in Boston. <laughs> so I have been there. I visited once. You were in and Boston? I was, yeah. Oh, last May. Geez. Well, it's glad we didn't know each other then. <laughs> I know, I know. Shame. I'm sure sometime I will find my way back. Um, there's so much I didn't get to see, but um, loved it. Uh, beautiful city. So... So I was over there. I was a social media influencer, which meant for the like four day conference that they had, I was helping promote uh, like what sessions was go- were going on and interacting with people on on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And uh, I really enjoyed that. And so and since then, I've I've um, just been involved in like a volunteer capacity and in the sense that I'll I'll be helping out with different committees or 
Um, mostly it's been online focused, but there's a couple times where I'll get to meet with other group, other volunteers in, in a group. And, um, and we recently revamped the scope and standards um, little document that, that they had. And that was, that was a fun opportunity. So yeah, that, that's kind of my involvement with them. When's the uh, next annual conference? It's going to be this coming May in, so May, 2019, it's like the 20th through the 24th around there. And it is down in Orlando, Florida this year. I am, um, I've already got my registration and I'll, I'll be attending. It's going to be fun. I can't find anything for it online. So if you look up, look up AACN NTI, National Teaching Institute and Critical Care Exposition. That's like the official title. Um, how many people but go on average? A lot. Last year, last year we had around nine thousand. Wow. I say. A... Yeah, it's it's this. I want to say it's this. It's the largest specialty organization for nurses. Um, not so like I think American American Nurses Association is the largest for nurses, but then if you were to categorize it by specialty, um, AACN focuses on critical care and progressive care, and. Um, yeah, they're, they're the largest organization for that category of nurses. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I might have to check that out. Oh, my gosh. But totally. You, you should. <laughs> it's, it's a blast. If I go, we're meeting up. <laughs> yes. Oh, please. Absolutely. I would love that. Next time you're in Boston, let me know. We'll, we'll give you the tour. Uh, it's, yes. There's, um, there's a lot of places, a lot of good places around the city that just, I mean, aren't common right that people yeah. readily would know to go look at so oh I would love that I feel like I yeah I missed I only got to see like a tiny little sliver of it so what what advice would you have for younger healthcare professionals that are just starting out my advice for someone just starting out into healthcare is probably going to revolve around I mean, it's, it's obviously the thing I'm passionate about. It's going to involve around, revolve around self-care. It's going to be advice probably geared more towards them finding the right fit than trying to make something work. So for example, if a new nursing student is, you know, graduating and looking for the right job, instead of like kind of just looking for something that, like generic or, or like for me taking the advice of everyone and saying go do med surge for a year first before you do anything else like that's that's good advice that's fine it doesn't have to be that way though like kind of find find a way to hone in on like what your like preferences are what's going to make you thrive and and feel the most effective as a nurse and and really keep that passion going um I think long longevity in nursing is is the focus like you again you don't want to be that nurse who gets into it and one or two years in you're just burnout out because you've given so much of yourself to something that is is just draining you and you're not able to find a way around that if that's making yeah. sense so so my my advice would be find something that you're really excited about that that really like keeps that passion going um, but knowing in nursing, there's always another opportunity. There's always another different path to take, um, different doors that open. So, you know, 
and for me, I'm a good example. I've done like how many different roles in nursing. Um, I've tried out a bunch of different options and um, am still enjoying, you know, each new, new role as it comes and learn something new. But um, ultimately, find, find the thing that works for you. Don't feel like you're having to be loyal or committed to something that just is not a good fit. Um, don't, don't, don't have any tolerance for bullying or workplace violence. Um, that, none of that's normal. It shouldn't be accepted. It shouldn't be normalized. Um, if that's happening, find a way to get help, um, talk to leadership, you know, kind of get out of that situation, but just know that there, there's going to be a good fit for you. What is your favorite part about your job? And I know that's a really loaded question. That's mm-hmm. tough. But if, if you had to pick one thing. I think it all boils down to patient interaction. I, so as a nurse manager and then as a bedside nurse, my, my favorite moments really are being able to interact with patients. Um, my long-term plan is to get my master's in nursing education and um, being able to like work with either nursing, nursing students from an academic side or possibly, you know, nursing professionals from a clinical side. But I, I know that I'll, you know, I'll still have opportunities to interact with patients, which um, really, I think, is the part that I, when I look back on my day, that's the parts, th- those are the parts that I enjoyed the most. Um, but then, yeah, it, the other thing that really is up there, like I said, is, is the, the fact that nursing does have so many opportunities for education, always new things to learn. Um, there's yeah, never a point where you can, you can get bored unless you kind of let yourself get there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what last thing, uh, one of the last things I want to cover on, on the podcast with you today is let's, let's make a case for why should someone become a nurse today? So there's many different healthcare professions that someone can get into. Why, mm-hmm. why do you feel, um, being a nurse would be great for someone. Okay. So I love this question. (laughs) I like, I would, I would suggest healthcare to anyone, um, whether it's nursing or becoming a radiology tech or pharmacy. I feel like you pick something in healthcare, you're going to have good job security and the pay is going to be decent, hopefully um, for the most part. And, and that's like a good place to start. Um, a case for nursing specifically, my, my argument for that would just be as long as you can handle, you know, just that, you know, getting through nursing school, because that is not for everyone. As long as you can handle a little bit of blood and needles and maybe some poop now and then, you know, that isn't for everyone either. But if you can get through that part and look at it from a, this is my, I'm here to do a job and disconnect from it. Like that mindset, um, becoming a nurse is such a rewarding profession because you, you have that opportunity to touch lives, to help people when they're most vulnerable. And it, you just feel, you have that like immediate satisfaction that a lot of jobs don't offer or, or even like 
have that sense of. So it's in a way it's, it's kind of, I feel like an easy answer because like, that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants to have a job where they feel fulfilled. Nursing provides that in such a obvious way. Um, so I don't know if, it, yeah, as long as you can handle some needles and blood and some, some guts and gore, it's, uh, it's, it's great. What I found too is videos on Instagram and, you know, a lot of these other things that you see become popular in healthcare and from people not even in healthcare, there's people wanting to watch, right? Doctor, what is it? Doctor yeah. Pepper Popper and all, and all right. those things. It's got a TLC show now. Yeah, it's... What's interesting to me about all of that is I was really grossed out the first time I saw a lot of this stuff, but the Mm -hmm. more I see it, it becomes more commonplace. Like it doesn't even bother me anymore. Um, I used to not have the stomach for it. So I I think there's something to be said about that, that you just got to keep, keep looking, so to speak, until it finally uh, (laughs) feels okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Until, until you're finally like, okay, this isn't that bad. Well, and that being said, there are so many jobs in in nursing where you don't do that every day. Like if you can get through it for nursing school and a few clinicals and like maybe that first couple years of nursing, you can go do something that doesn't require that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to, I don't want to keep you any longer. I want to thank you so much for being on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. This will probably be out in the next couple of weeks. I mean, um, we have a few that ha- have to be released beforehand. But uh, oh, yeah, no I would also love to, I don't know if you know anyone there, or you must know someone there, what am I saying, uh, at the AACN to, uh, to get them to distribute this to uh, their network as well. I think it'd be a great thing for everyone in that, in that association to, to hear. Oh, sure, yeah. Definitely. So we can talk about that uh, off the podcast and, and see how to set that up. But thank you so much for coming on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Hopefully we'll be able to do this again soon. And we wish you all the best and look forward to, to following you on social media and staying in touch. Thank you. I appreciate well, you it. Have a great day. Stay warm. You too. Oh my gosh. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you to everyone that joined us on another episode of Slice of Healthcare. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Slice of Healthcare. On Twitter, we're at Slice of HC. We don't use that channel as much. We're going to start using it more moving forward. And be sure to subscribe to our blog, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. Looking forward to producing some more good content for you. Thanks again to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is making life easier for healthcare professionals. Be sure to check them out at www.blockhealth.com.
The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.